Hey, and welcome back to our second uh, video in our last week of our Kingdom of God study. And in this last week, we're looking at several common errors regarding the kingdom. And today we are looking at the error that overemphasizes the earthly nature of the kingdom at the expense of its heavenly nature, that there's too much of earth and not enough of heaven. Uh, this looks like using the tools and tactics of the kingdoms of earth in order to try and advance the kingdom of God. And this error takes two primary forms. One is by focusing on the sword, and the other is by focusing on social action or social reform. But at its heart, both forms of this error have the same root, forgetting that the tools and powers of this earth cannot change the heart which is what is needed for true kingdom growth. Only the power of God can change people's hearts. First, let's look at overemphasizing the sword by focusing on the sword. Uh, this is the idea of trying to spread the kingdom of God through political power, which in the end rests in the power of the sword. But it includes lesser things like political laws that seek to restore or enforce Christian beliefs upon a certain people. We've already looked at several passages that show that this is not how God intended to grow his kingdom. When Jesus is arrested, remember, what did Peter do? He drew his sword and lopped off the guy's ear. And P Jesus doesn't, you know, give Peter a high five. Good job, Jesus, or good job, Peter. No, he rebukes Peter and says, uh, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to start a war. And he allows himself to get arrested. Later, when Jesus is talking to Pilate, the Roman governor, he says in John 20, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest from the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Jesus is making the point that while his kingdom is in the world, it does not originate from this world and it isn't advanced by the means of this world, money, military, politics, which are the traditional centers of power in our world. Sometimes, though, it's very easy for us to think if we see laws being passed or enacted that align with Christianity or politicians that favor Christianity or Christians in power themselves, we think, oh, great, look at the kingdom of God and how it's advancing. We are very tempted to tie our sense of the strength of God's kingdom to the political strength or influence of Christians in whatever nation we are in. But God's kingdom is not of this world, and it cannot be measured in those terms that the world uses to measure its strength. Now, this isn't to say we shouldn't want and lobby and vote for just laws and rulers. God's law is good for all of humanity, but we shouldn't think that just when those, or we shouldn't think that when those things are absent, that God's kingdom is somehow weakened. Or when we see good, good laws passed, we shouldn't automatically assume, oh, God's kingdom is now advancing. Because as Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. God's kingdom works from the inside out. It begins by changing hearts that work out to the actions, people's hands. It reorients their hearts towards God and what is good. And that results in changed lives, which then results in changed communities and even nations sometimes. The powers, though, of the kingdoms of this world cannot reach into the heart. They can 
restrain evil. They can coerce certain good behaviors, but they cannot change the heart. And if you try to build Christianity that way, you're only going to end up with a kingdom full of hypocrites who on the outside might look great, but whose hearts are far from God. And this brings us back to what we talked about in the third week, where we said the, king, or the church is the center for the growth of the kingdom, because the church is the only institution that God has given the power to heal the souls of men and women. It alone has the spiritual power that is needed. Now, the other way that we can overemphasize the earth at the expense of heaven is by focusing on social activism at the expense of gospel proclamation. Now, this can take multiple forms, from food programs to protests, from financial assistance to political lobbying. This doesn't mean that the church shouldn't be involved in caring for people's physical needs. In Acts 6, we see that the church is called to care for widows and they provide meals for them. There are plenty of other verses that talk about the need to care for our, the physical needs amongst the body of Christ. Additionally, in the last two weeks, we spent our videos looking at the culture and practices of the kingdom. Right? These ways in which we care for people's physical well-being. The church is an embassy of God's kingdom. And that means it must provide a tangible, visible representation to the world of what the kingdom of God looks like. It should smell and look and taste of God's kingdom. And that must then include how we care for each other's physical and social needs. But the risk is, is that we get so focused on the physical and social needs that we lose focus on the church's main mission. And as I've said before, the church is the only organization given the tools to deal with the root problems of civilization. It all boils down to sin. And so if we are involved in other often good things, but we are so involved in those that we take a step back from proclaiming the gospel, you know, there isn't another organization that can pick up that slack of gospel proclamation. But there are plenty of organizations that do good and necessary work in the realms of philanthropy and social justice. And we can applaud those when they align with Christianity. But the church can't make that its main focus because actually it will hurt the rest of the world. We need to also be careful about thinking that we can somehow build the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That if we can just get enough laws changed to un end unjust practices like abortion or get rid of racial bias and other systemic issues, help the poor get out of poverty, have you know, livable wages for people, that then if we could do all that stuff, we could usher in the kingdom of God here on earth. But it won't work. I guarantee it. Everyone that has tried has failed miserably. Why? Because the reason any of those things exist is because sin exists in human hearts. And until that is dealt with, none of these things will ever reach their full potential. In the book, When Helping Hurts, the authors do a great job of showing the multidimensional aspects of poverty. Now, most people think of poverty just kind of from a one single dimension, and Westerners tend to think of it as really just a lack of material things, right? If we can just give them more money or a good job or these resources, then we can lift them out of poverty. 
or if we could cause these unjust systems that societies create to kind of, if we could fix the, the systemic injustice that allow certain people to never get ahead in life, then we could make some good. But the authors show that when you talk to the poor about poverty, they cast it in terms of broken relationships, that there's a broken relationship with yourself. You realize, you know, I could have all that stuff. You could give me more money and I just spend it on bad things. I often make wrong choices. I don't do what I, what I should do. It's broken relationships with others. People take advantage of one another. They lie, they cheat, and they steal. People are not sometimes connected to the, the familial safety nets that others have so that you know, when they lose their job, they don't have a family to go and live with uh, for free for a few months so they get back on their feet. We have broken relationships with creation. After the fall, the ground was cursed and work is now hard and things outside of your control can set you back like natural disasters and pandemics and other things. And because of these broken relationships, social, political, economic systems, all those things then bear the marks of sin because they're created by humans. They're in a sinful world. And most importantly then, poverty is actually rooted in a broken relationship with God who alone can heal all those other relationships. And going back to this common theme, the church is the only organization in our world that can restore relationships with God. And when that happens, you are then able to address some of the root causes of poverty and other issues and see real change. And then as other organizations and individuals to work out, do good work in some of those other spheres, you can actually begin to see some real improvement in our world. But it cannot happen unless the church is at work to do what only it can, restore people's relationships with God.